All right, I hope my microphone recording settings and the whole this, that, and the third is a little better if you heard the MF Doom episode. Welcome back. Originally, I said this was going to be me talking about the beat nuts, but I decided, you know, I had kind of access to this MC, and MC had a new project about to drop, so I said, why not? Let's just give Sky Zoo his flowers. If you don't know who Sky Zoo is, I'll explain briefly. I'll play a little bit of music, but there's a whole crash course on this same page. Okay, already it's called In Celebration of Sky Zoo. Two hours of just, you know, fire from him. Okay. So briefly, who is Sky Zoo? Sky Zoo is... I mean, I don't want to throw comparisons out there, but, you know, comparisons are kind of lazy. But, and I'm not talking, I'm definitely not talking about, you know, rap wise, uh, but kind of background and story wise, I kind of think of him as the New York version of a Kendrick Lamar, maybe. Uh, Kendrick's story is. You know, came from a rough environment, made something out of himself, went kind of a different path from how a lot of people in his neighborhood might have went. Okay, and his his you know, I mean Kendrick is just fucking a list, but his life is you know suffice to say different from a lot of people in Compton. Um, Sky Zoo, he's made something out of himself to where a lot of people in Bed-Stuy might be kind of just stuck, you know, whether it's from lack of ambition or just lack of opportunity or just, you know, the whole fucking, the way that America, you know, has black people in certain socioeconomic situations. And it's fitting because a lot of that surrounds his new album. But uh, as an MC, Sky Zoo is, I guess, to some of his influences. He talks about some of them in our interview. Uh, influences include Nas, Biggie, J, the Wu Tang guys, like some of the Wu Tang guys, just the elite rappers. But you know, take that, combine it with like the influence of. A Harlem Renaissance writer like a Langston Hughes or um, a James Baldwin or, you know, the guys that were kind of like, they were saying important shit, but it wasn't going to hit you the first time you read it unless you was just like on that other level of, you know, understanding the comprehension. Okay, so um, in my opinion, he should be revered in that same light as, you know, the black renaissance poets and the black renaissance writers. Complex, for lack of a better word, MC. Uh, over your head, I mean, he says that's a part of his brand, like in the interview uh, that you're going to hear shortly. He says that's a part of his brand, and that's kind of what makes him special and part of what separates him from his peers on top of that. You know, just his ear for beats, just his... He's mastered the science of rapping, okay? So, 
again, if you're unfamiliar, there's a whole two-hour mix you can hear. I'll play a couple joints here, and then we'll get straight into the interview. But the point of this show is I always talk about my top five projects from these people. So um, my number five Sky Zoo project is Live from the Tape Deck. Uh, Sorry, I don't have all of the years off the top of my head. That is an 89%. You know, a project with a guy named Elmine. Elmine is like, uh, he started off kind of an underground producer. Now he's just, he's out there, okay? Uh, he's he's A-list, you know. I, I don't feel like talking about the whole story, but I went to the Grammys uh, a couple years ago. I want to say 2019, I went to the Grammys. Uh, I didn't speak, but, you know, I bumped into Elmine in the bathroom at the uh, Staples Center. I've met Elmine in person. Uh you know, a couple times through my boy, um, the Essence, I believe his name is. Uh, that's his producer name. His real his real name is Sean. That's my man's and him. Like from Philly, we both live in L.A. now. Uh, he used to kind of roll with Elmine, so I met Elmine through him. The Essence is on this uh, project that we're going to be talking about all the brilliant things. But uh, Elmine, he was just—I mean, he still is a dope producer, but he was a—he was more like on his hip hop, hip hop shit. Uh, when he was kind of back in the day working with Sky Zoo. So I'm going to start with, I believe the song's called Kitchen Table. That's my one of my favorite joints off that project. Vow to never live on my knees. Never beg, I'm never fed. Hope you give me a I never bled off of crawling So if I should bleed, it's from my hands drywalling All of this shit is me Heavy ball that I installed Every entrance you see I drew it all and threw it all up to just what it be Knew it all, true to all Moving on, true to form Forgiveness is at the end and I got endings to weave Attaching them where they meet at Back to where my lean at Dreams got wings but they clipping them where they breathe at So fuck trying to sing, I'm trying to swing where the seat's at And know that anything that I bring, I'm trying to read at Try and fight a feeling, but the feeling subsides And the high that you've been given when you get to provide Is defining the ambition that you wish to revive Live or die, but while you live and keep the kitchen in mind And remember the placemats is laid where they should be at And everybody made their way to where they seats at Feel like all eyes on me from how they need that Can't be mad at them cause here is where they eat at So me, I'm trying to decorate the kitchen table Put enough around for every one of them mouths. I mean, I'm just trying to decorate the kitchen table and put enough around for everyone sitting down. I mean, the process of providing and trying to find it in words, passing the margin and contemplating consignment and circle backwards and forwards and falling for the reminder and stressing over these plates and the utensils that's beside them. From counting three times and hoping you count it wrong to all of the count is gone and all that you counted on ain't on the table. And you were supposed to make sure that was decent and now let's decorate. Rating is needed, never waited to see it Cause ain't nobody waiting to be seated And they ain't trying to change up how they eating Man of the house entails bringing home anything but a reason Cause the reason can't clear away the grievance So fuck all that, before departing I'll turn into G Garvin Long as the plate is straight I could deal with the deeper margins Long as I made a way I could deal with being the target Long as we ate today you could call it what you call it But remember the placemats is laying where they should be at And everybody made they way Wait to where they seats at Feel like all eyes on me from how they need that Can't be mad at them cause here is where they eat at So me, 
I'm trying to decorate the kitchen table And put enough around for every one of them mouths I mean, I'm just trying to decorate the kitchen table And put enough around for everyone sitting down And remember the placemats is laid where they should be at And everybody made their way to where they seats at Feel like all eyes on me from how they need that Can't be mad at them cause hair is where they eat at So me, I'm trying to decorate the kitchen table Put enough around for every one of them mouths. I mean, I'm just trying to decorate the kitchen table and put enough around for everyone sitting down. I mean. My number four Sky Zoo album is a project from 2019 called Retropolitan with Pete Rock, of all people. He had a, he got a whole Pete Rock album. Not too many people could say that. It's like CL Smooth, maybe the YGs if they had an album, I&I, Sky Zoo. Like he's in a limited class of people that could say they got a whole Pete Rock album. I, mean, I don't even know if the Camp Lowe and Pete Rock project was all Pete Rock beats. Okay. Uh, I think there was like other people on that, so... Dope project. Uh, again, for me to have this ranked at a 90% and it's my fourth favorite Sky Zoo album, that just means he's 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 elite. Ain't nothing wrong with having a 90% album. If that's my fourth favorite, that still means you pretty much dropped the classic. Okay, it was just a very uh, bring back... Uh, no, not bring back New York, but... um kind of new york wake up like i think he calls it like a wake-up call to the city um so a lot of just stories about i mean every album is stories about you know how he grew up and you know what it was like around his way you know and his life story pretty much but uh this project was very just straight up hip-hop i mean as as he kind of uh said like Sky Zoo albums, if it's just his name on it, you're going to get a lot of, you know, sophistication in music and musicality, so on and so forth. This is just Sky Zoo and Pete Rock, okay? Uh, very dope project. I think I'm going to play The Audacity of Dope, the closing song from that. Truth is, huh. all three of them, all 
Being one and the same is all I need from them Word to heavy one who remain and all it mean to them Nah, I stand tall with them, you ever saw me with them Seated in boxcars from the A to the Jeep Singing the same song, but I got a cadence to me So when I sing along, know that I made it to be All that they sing for, and all that's related to me you know above all, what I come for is usually a one-off Like only one of y'all to get out, yo why you brung y'all? And my reply be bottom line, yo where the front door? That'll be the way that we out, and we now should be in the card when I throw this caveat The one that would've cleared heavy shelf out of Camelot The one that explains the give and take of who handled rock And pulled up a chair for all of who couldn't stand to watch Like fuck all the standing by, unless you involved in the hearts of who can't oblige to know when they hand is tied Talking the same song, hear how they plan to drive If they got a seat for y'all, yo would you stand to ride? Follow me, same ones who would call corners came out the box with me Nothing else changed except the neighbors on top of me Swear that they ain't know how to get it until it got to me The hallway got all of your law till you buy property If y'all be on the side of me, then you can say the same about me If I'm with the topic B, word to how you got to me Grew up with real huxtables, dealing with real carters Due to what they took, but told you to still harbor And the way that it rides, I'm just taking what's mine But forgive me for trying to steal honor like Killmonger <laughs> Praise due to the corner stars that I'm still part of And for me being able to come home to my real father All of this was said one way or another But when it's told hand in hand, it replaces the stutters Applause for understanding the fate of the runners Because I wouldn't go home until I made all my jumpers Pardon me for seeing all of that with all three eyes While I was drawing a line and shooting off from behind The rims never had nets, but it would all be fine The crib never saw it all, they was drawing the blinds Picture hall I described, and had a Lex 450 double parked outside With Frank White at the wheel I took that, put it in back, and lighted a reel It's all or nothing, like if you was trying right in the pill More being, you all got some audacity You top 20, I'm half that at least And that's modest, if we being that honest Then can't too many follow this Stage left, curtain drawn, retro polish <laughs> True indeed do believe, true indeed, do believe If we be in that honest and can't too many follow this Stage left, curtain drawn, retropolitan, yeah Yeah As we conclude Retropolitan SK PR It's a love letter And a wake up call to the city All at one time All at one time Give it then they take it away. You said give it then they take it away. They literally give it and then take it away. One time for the city though. One time for how it did me though. Yeah. My number three. Guys who album I believe was Music for My Friends. Yes. Dope project. Um just stories about, you know, his people and like the people that is closest to him and you know, so on and so forth. Uh stories about Brooklyn, stories about just, you know, growing up, stories about living life, stories about just it I can't even like really I mean, the title was self-explanatory. Okay, music for my friends. Okay, um, just him and his people, and you know, shit that they understand, and you know, just language that they understand, or stories that they understand, and uh, that's what that is. So I'm I'm gonna play. Uh, 
two songs, since I'm not playing something from my second favorite Sky Zoo album, two songs, actually one is only a rap, only one is a rap song, All Day Always, produced by, I'm not going to call him my boy, but I've crossed paths uh, in life with Ant-Man Wonder, okay, if you know who he is, uh, he produced, uh, he wasn't a producer, I'm sorry, DJ Premier chopped up a lot of his music, you know, for one of the Prime albums, I believe it was the first one, and Prime 2 might have been Adrian Young, I don't remember, uh, sorry if I got the order wrong, but, uh, He's a composer slash producer. I mean, he, he Sky Zoo got an EP with him, tribute to Reasonable Doubt Project. And me and Ant-Man Wonder uh, crossed paths. When we, we both lived in Philly. Okay. I was talking about I wanted to be a journalist, so on and so forth. He was talking about he wanted to make beats, or he was making beats. And when we were much younger, like, I don't know, maybe 06, 07 maybe and but we like work together um it's it's kind of long and convoluted i'm not going to explain the you know the capacity in which we work together but we like kind of co-workers uh on a few occasions and that is an example of just a real life example i've seen of somebody who made the right connections and you know stayed dedicated and he got a grammy now and i'm just I mean, I've accomplished a lot. Don't get it fucked up. But I don't have a Grammy. I've met Layla Hathaway. I don't have Layla Hathaway telling me happy birthday. He got Layla Hathaway to tell him happy birthday. Okay, so, um, yeah. He's popping. Okay. You know, no hate whatsoever. Salute him. I, I hope it didn't come across when I said that. Like, it's not really my man. It's just I haven't seen him in person in in a while. Um, but yeah that's somebody i've come across in life who i can say wow i've seen it uh firsthand so all day always and then metal of trust which is like just a dope interlude uh musical kind of joint okay no rapping on it Mercy upon anyone feeling mercy at their heart though My outcome's a merciless God flow God be with us, our arm be bitches enough to inspire us And we days low for that loaf if they comfortable trying us 
seat Baby, it's easy to adapt to what you be around Being next to A is why my aim will never see the ground Being next to bro is why you know we all enough, alright? Being next to Mel, we never fell, we never cut the lights Being next to pesos was GQ and Bishop before they hiccups Cause loyalty is nothing you can pay for Love him like a brother, that man, they like my brother And if it should ever come that, that man would let a K go So going for advancement is the route we would stand in Scared of being dormant, so we grew what our hands in Hands put together, all the prayers people sent to saying Don't believe the hype, don't grow up to be a nerd I don't grow up and become a typical nerd Oh, why you here? Like who you would every day Lead them sitting over there, what? Damn, I feel funny even saying that That word is foreign and my friends can never make me that <laughs> Duly noted if needed, but no, it never will Easy to adapt when you around whatever's real So all day, always All of us is fought, ain't a song change All the we saw is what we all became And we all that we got long as the song plays All day, always All of us is fought, ain't a song change All the we saw is what we all became And we all that we got long as the song plays
My number two Skazu project is the project that's about to drop tomorrow. If you're hearing this um, Thursday, June 10th or tonight at 9 p.m. If you're hearing this on Thursday, June 10th. All the brilliant things. Uh, 92%. He talks about it a lot in the interview that's coming up after this. I don't really want to spoil it too much. Uh, if you've heard the first two singles, uh, bed is Burning and St. James Liquors, you kind of might get a sense of where the album's going, but it's just a fucking really good Sky Zoo album, okay? He's being Sky Zoo, rapping his ass off over dope beats, but it is conceptual. It is everything you would come to expect from a Sky Zoo album with some surprises thrown in there. It's, it's fire, okay? I'm not going to play nothing from it because... The album dropped today, okay, at the time of this, or, you know, if you're hearing this afterwards, you probably already heard the album by now. It's a fucking good album, okay? Um, Yeah, I'm not going to play nothing from it. I've heard it twice at this point. Uh, We talked about it again during our interview. Number one Sky Zoo album is my number one, and it's only by a 1% uh, margin. Um, All of Brilliant Things is 92%. My number one Sky Zoo album is a 93%. In celebration of us, just fire all the way, pretty much all the way through, um, all the way through. Like I, I don't know what to tell you. Like all the way through, like I rate each song on, on an album from, uh, from one to ten. So ten being the highest possible. There are one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight songs. I would give a nine, I think, on this project. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight songs that I give a nine. And then there's a one song that's a ten, which is like a perfect song. And that is Love is Love. That's the song I'm going to play. And then we're going to get into the interview. So if you've enjoyed all this that you've heard, uh, tell a friend to tell a friend about my page, you know, from Old Harlem. There will be a Patreon soon. You know, you can hopefully go support that if you can find a Patreon. My Cash App works pretty well. Uh, it's from Old Harlem. Okay. If you got my telephone number in real life, you can use Zelle, which is like, I think it's like the Bank of America app or something. You know, enter my telephone number and put in some money if you want to support Okay. Anyway, uh, I'll be back sooner or later. I I don't know how often I'm gonna drop these. Okay, they just come out when they come out. Okay. Uh, but this has been a top five rap podcast episode number three, featuring a pretty dope Sky Zoo conversation coming up right after this song "Love Is Love." Peace. Tell a friend to tell a friend from Old Harlem on Twitter. I would say more so Jesse the Curator, like Megan the Stallion, J-E-S-S-E-T-H-E-E, Curator, C-U-R-A-T-O-R, okay, on Instagram. Uh, you could try to follow me on From Old Harlem Instagram, but if you're not like a pretty woman, I might not accept, like that page is protected, that's my personal page. If you're not like a pretty woman or somebody I like know who you are, like we we ain't have to have met before. But, like, if I know who you are, then I might validate you in that way. But 
Uh, Jesse, the curator, is, you know, that's where I review albums and shit. So, like, I do a lot of shit, okay, for the culture, for the people, for the, for the free. So, I need to start making some money off all this damn work. Anyway, peace. Love me like fighting through yellow tape Till you find that that face ain't mine And it set you straight But you find that that face was in line with your other name So you repass front of the line to get a plate Or love me like a purchase on 47th and 6th And a Russian jeweler knock off a hundred off what you pick In the middle of February your sleeves up off your wrist And you add another hundred when discussing what you spent And the discussion hit a switch And it turned to where you tuck in your wrist Or you get the untucking your suspense And all the suspense of it leads to adrenaline running and it's orchestrated all from the other side of the fence And they love me like that side of the fence Love bottom lines While they kids call their friends kids And they holler slime And they don't get the gist But they get what it could provide And they still don't know how to pronounce college But it's fine Love me for not assuming That you see me and assume I'm pursuing how you see me Trying to lead you out your gloom Or maybe you assume That you see me in the scenery you knew And I ain't never did a scene But it's cool, right? Love me for overlooking But I ain't have to Chose you when you didn't choose you when you had to Pretend it never happened If mine should ever ask you It wouldn't take much to revert To what your past knew Love me like Harlem love Pan Pan's memory Standing on display Off a hand-to-hand symmetry Cameras get in play While you handle what the ticket be And candles on the way If you ain't handing out dinner seats and So love me like I introduced you To Dominicans Whether it was Aisha Diaz Or Ken and them Talking about a price And what it's worth To be the middleman Fitted for a crown And how it works And the expense of it Love me like the drummer Love me like never running out of runners Love me like what we sung before they hung us Hymns getting lost in the clouds when they was flung up Or shells getting caught in the crowd by the wrong others Like other than you and other than him Until they learn those exceptions turn to others with them Right? Or otherwise shooting for the other side Till they box you without a trial on a one to five And then love me like you was Vanita Browder Pickets outside and you just trying to ease the crowd up Knowing your heart died makes your heart beat louder Until the speakers blow and it lift you up from around us And love me like we love the legacy that her youngest will become And the illusion of no reruns Love me like turning down a plea when you need one But knowing that your word is worth more than what a plea does Love me like getting pussy off a DM To turn around time at her door before the weekends Caution she ain't throw out before but now she in Now heartbeat sitting at the door that let you leap in Love me like pictures on the wall not resembling you So the pictures on the wall start trembling And you got pictures for the wall that can fit on it But do start thinking about this wall and that's the end of it Love me like 88 threes, Nike Air heels Dropping 220 and take away how fair feels I'm 700 first day, word to the stand with Kites for who bleeding, but this a hype we believe in Love me like not understanding the hype of it But you love it, so there ain't no one else who might love it Or loving this is you understand, cause you was there When it was misunderstood at a hundred dollars a pair, yeah but love me like the moment that the Jakes leave Knowing that's another 24 with no state greens My man said his aim dirty but his name clean Tried to tell his mother the difference before the day leave Told her love him for heavy chain that he wore Heavy serial number scratched, heavy tray in the drawer Heavy feeling she ever had when she awake to a call That he gone, it never happened so don't blame me your law Or love me like Jada love chic, love styles, love LOX lovers All geeking through the crowd Or love me like me at 14 geeking out or 
20 years later still screaming who was about, right? Love me like a J-Dub's dedication Following they lead cause they seem to have better patience You fear what you don't understand or levitate with I say that with a pint in my hand, that's regulation Love me like my son on the way when I see his charm And by the time you hear this, he'll be in my arms Same arms forever here where he belongs It's the same arms that I'm a bear if you meet him harm Love me like all of the above in a bag Singing fuck em all when you in love with a stash Or singing fuck em all when you in love with a flag that takes what you want or loves what you had. Love, love is love. Love, love, love. love. Yo, I'm here uh, with Sky Zoo. Say what's up. Peace, peace. What's going on? I mean, I'm good. It's always uh, an honor to chop it up with you. Um, oh, thank you, man. Thank you. Likewise. Of course. Uh, so, so this show that I do is based off of, you know, some of my favorite artists. I usually break up down their, you know, their top five uh, albums, you know, from my personal enjoyment and then but this, you're the first person i've interviewed for this so oh um, wow i didn't yeah. know that okay that's dope damn I'm, I'm i'm honored that's dope yeah i only got two episodes out so far i, I did de la soul and mf doom uh so yeah I, you know i plan wow. to keep trying to you know build it but um so I'm, I'm gonna start with talking about you know my top five uh releases from you okay. um number five i have Live from the tape deck uh, with Ilmine. Ilmine, yep. Like from that point, it was just like your catalog just took off, and it was just straight, you know, nothing, nothing but fire from there. Thank you, um, thank you. Of course, number four. Uh, it's one of the more recent projects. Uh, I had Retropolitan. Um, okay. Classic. I mean, all, all these projects are like, except for uh, Live from the tape deck. I rated eighty nine percent. Everything from there is ninety percent and up. So wow, appreciate it, appreciate it. No, no yeah, Retropolitan with Pete Rock, yep. Right. Uh what was that 2019? Yep. Right. Um, that was like when we when we last rap. Uh yeah. let me see here. So number three, I had music for my friends. Okay. Um, right. Uh great album. A lot, a lot of a lot of fire yeah. on there. Number two is uh the new joint, all the brilliant things. We're gonna we're gonna uh chop it up about that in a second. Okay. Um, yeah. And my favorite album of yours is In Celebration of Us, nice. um, only because uh, of Love is Love. Like, you, okay. you went crazy, like no hook, just yeah, just barred out for like, I don't know, four or five minutes, went crazy. Yeah. But like, nice. that, that's the only thing that put uh, this project, I mean, that's the only thing that put In Celebration of Us over uh, all the brilliant things, because they're like neck and neck to me. Uh, thank you, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I, I played the new joint twice, it's... It's a very important album. Um, it's like it's pushed you up in my. We're gonna talk about that later, but it's pushed you up in my like all time MCs list. Um, Appreciate this, this this project alone. Um, so like when when we last spoke, you were saying how basically I don't know how how deep you were into this process, but this was 2019, and you were kind of alluding to like with this next project, I'm gonna you know really go there with gentrification and. You know, yeah. the things that's on my mind. So I guess what was the moment that made you, you know, was there a moment or like just a catalyst to, you know, where it's like, oh, I got to do this for this album? 
Well, it was something I wanted to do for a while. You know, every project I come into it with kind of a, a frame of mind, uh, a concept, and just where I am. Like music for my friends was, you know, it's in the title. It's very much about how we grew up and my friends and who went left and who went right. And then in celebration of us, I just wanted to make the blackest album I could make. So with this album, you know, I wanted to really talk about gentrification and cultural appropriation, the two of those and how they go hand in hand and how they interlock with one another, whether we realize it or not. And I had the idea for a little while, just living in the sty, living in the neighborhood, being from there and watching my neighborhood turn. So it's something I kind of toyed with a little bit on Retropolitan, like we spoke about. So some people listen to Retropolitan and they're like, man, you know, you did the album and it's so crazy how you was tackling gentrification. And I'm like, man, you ain't heard nothing yet. Like, you know, because that the whole album isn't about gentrification. It just has moments. You know what I mean? It has moments where I talk about it. But you take a record like Richie. And, you know, 10 Days and Eastern Conference All-Stars and Carry the Tradition, those ain't about gentrification. Those are different concepts on those records. And some of them are just spitting records. I call them a spitter. You know, some of those are just spitters. You know what I mean? But um, I was like, man, if y'all thought I'd tackle gentrification on that, wait till we get to this next one. Because I, I knew in my mind, I said, the entire joint A to Z is going to be about this subject, how we got here and what do we do about it? You know, and no, nothing. There's no spitters. There's no this. There's no that. Yeah, I'm spitting on every joint. But for the people listening, a spitter is when you just going off, like you know, you just, you just acting up, talking about how nice you are, and you just killing it. You know, so there's no spitters. There's no none. Of it. It's just there's no female oriented joints. There's no I need a record for the club. We just talking about this concept A to Z. So humble brag is not a spitter. Nah, I'm talking about, you know, I'm talking about the neighborhood, you know, I'm okay. talking about, you know, backseat of my Jeep, swing an episode, double parked in front of the park, but better's left alone, bet I still move like they not here, but knowing they got here by playing off our fears, because I'm where I'll be more Mookie versus the Chandlers and Rosses, with strike Dunham's that are hand to hand you endorsements, or they hand you a porch in the same way that I can hand you a porch, I swear to God, like I'm talking about the neighborhood, I'm talking about how this shit changed, I'm more Mookie and these guys coming in is more Chandlers and Rosses from Friends. So, like, right. make no mistake, I'm spitting on every record. But to me, a spitter is like, you know, when you go on Funk Flex or, or, or Sway right. or something and go crazy and you you do three verses of that and put it on an album, that's a spitter. You know what I mean? But I'm spitting on every record. But all, all this stuff is, is, is conceptual about the neighborhood and, you know, about what's going on. And the great thing about it is that even with the first two records I put out, especially with Best Eyes Burning, um, People listen to it and they're not from New York, but they're like, yo, I'm going through the same thing. I've had people hit me from South Africa. I've had people hit me from the UK, people from Berlin, everywhere. Like, yo, I'm going through it too. And and they live nowhere near New York. And that's kind of the beauty of it, as sad as it is that the world is going through that. That's the beauty of it, that it's not a Brooklyn thing. It's It's based in Brooklyn as far as my point of view, but everybody seems to be going through it. It's happening in Englewood out here. They're building a new uh, sports stadium. Yeah, and, that, and that's what that's going to do is everything the Barclay did in Brooklyn. Right. You know, because the thing about that, you don't just build a stadium or an arena. You got to build everything around it. So, like, if you got an arena right here, you got a stadium right here in the hood, you're not going to leave the projects across the street. You're not going to leave the mom and pop bodegas or whatever across the street. So now you got to flip that. Now you need cafes. You need restaurants. You need wineries. You need all these different things. Because the people that are going to be coming to the games 
and the, the concerts and all these different things, they need something to do in the neighborhood. They need they want they may want to live in the neighborhood so they can be a stone's throw away from the stadium. So we got to flip this. That's what they did on Flatbush and Atlantic. You know, that's what happened with, with the Barclay. They said, we can't just put this here and have everybody running around still mobbing. So we got to flip this. We got to flip that. We got to flip this. And then people get put out of their homes and, and their businesses. And then we are where we are now. Right. So, like, my parents embraced gentrification uh, in Harlem because they say that Harlem was crazy in the 80s. Not that it's super safe now, but it was, like, super, like, crazy uh, in the 80s when I was being raised. Mm-hmm. And, but I feel like, you know, as someone who was around all that in the 80s, mm-hmm. I feel like gentrification kind of strips the flavor and the grit of the neighborhood away Um like, would you say you like, even if it's quote unquote safe, like it might feel safer, but like around a corner, it's still something crazy happening. You yeah, 100 percent. And, you know, um, I, I get where your parents are coming from, you know, especially if you if you're enduring something like that so much, the 80s and the 90s. Right. All of them, it was just like Brooklyn, like it was nuts. You know, right. that, those were the days where, you know, comedians, stand up comedians would do jokes and be like, I don't go to New York. You know what I mean? Like right. Robin Harrison would be like, I ain't going to New York. Fuck that. You know what I'm saying? Like. That was New York in the 80s and 90s, which is the era that, you know, you and I grew up in. But, you know, I get people who had to live in that and go to work every day and come home to that every day and the staircase and the lobby and everything was was madness. But at the same time, like you said, it strips all that away. You take away the culture, you take away the fabric of the neighborhood. My thing is there's got to be a way for both. I'm not when I made this album, it wasn't about, yo, leave the hood alone. Let the hood be the hood. You know, let it be fucked up. Nah, it's not about that. You know, um, can we curse on the thing? I'm sorry. Of course. OK, um, it's not about, you know, yo, let the hood be fucked up and all that. It's not about that. It's about how do we upgrade the neighborhood as far as from a safety concern, as far as from a old ladies being able to sit outside on, you know, outside the window, you know, like mother, sister, you know, how do how do we be able to keep the neighborhood safe or make it safe. But at the same time, let us live where we live, own what we own, be who we are and bring other people in. It's not about keep people staying away. It's about, yo, if y'all want to come join us, feel free, but you, you're you not going to put us out and you're not going to change what our neighborhood is, you know? And the thing about Harlem, me being from Brooklyn, man, I love Brooklyn, of course, but I love Harlem, man. I really, wow. really love Harlem. And I'm going to tell you why. Harlem was ours first. It's the first thing we as black folk in this country had as far as space and land and opportunity so to me harlem always represented the black epicenter of everything you know it was no place blacker than harlem it was no place a black man or woman could go and create their own thing build their own thing make their own money become you know millionaires or whatever it might have been i'm talking about back in the 30s and 40s and all that and then when you move forward just the soul of Harlem. like i love harlem man like i literally love harlem so like every time i'm back in new york I go to Brooklyn and then I got to go uptown, you know, just to feel it, just just to feel one, two, fifth and all that. Just, I got to go to Jimbo's. Like, I got to go to Harlem. You know what I mean? So seeing it happen there hurts me almost as much as it hurts me seeing it in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, Definitely. I look at Harlem like, dag, man. Like, I look at Harlem like like my first cousin. You know what I mean? I'm like, dag, man, y'all got them too. You know, I hate seeing it uptown, man. I really do. Yeah. It's, it, it's like a mind fuck in some ways. Like, the hood was nothing like, cause I, I went to college down south, uh, so okay. uh, gentrification. I would say it started kind of early two thousands. Yep. Like by like two thousand two, the hood felt different. 
you were starting to slowly see it. Yeah. Right. I, I remember I remember uptown when they built that um that Disney store on the corner. Right. And that's when I was like, because I used to go uptown, you know, and, and run around and hang out with people and girls and all that. And I, I used to always be on one two fifth. And um I saw when they built that Disney store and I was like, oh wow. I was right. like, wow, like putting this in Harlem says a lot. I remember when when one two five mark closed, like I remember all that. Mark one two five, I remember when that closed. That was an important spot. Yeah, hundred percent. And I was like, "Yo, this is wild!" Like, you know, I saw when all that happened, man. And you know, I I love it up there, just like I love Brooklyn. And it's like to see it happen there because that was ours. Like, you know, Brooklyn was never ours, right? You so many, you know, you got Russians and Italians and you know all these different right types of people, all these different you know um, races of people and different like cultures. Jewish people in Williamsburg. Exactly. You know yeah. what I mean? You go to Brighton Beach, you got Italians, Vincent Hurst, you know what I mean? So Brooklyn was never ours. So I get that. Parts of Brooklyn we had, but Brooklyn was never ours. Queens was never ours. The Bronx was never ours, you know, but Harlem was ours, man. That was our you know section, I mean? man. Yeah, Harlem was ours, like straight up, you know, and I hate seeing it up there. Right. So as far as um speaking on uh cultural appropriation, uh you, you kind of went at uh pitchfork and complex on free jewelry. Um like do do you have any like reservation like that that doesn't uh worry you with like how it might be received by those kind of publications it might but i mean you know of course i got to think about you know how they're going to react or if they're going to care or whatever but at the same time i just felt like it's not about me chopping them down like i'm not saying yo fuck them fuck them it's not that it's just me pointing out like we got to be aware of who really cares about us and our cultures? You know, I feel like a lot of times, let's say you have, say you had a multimedia company like one of them, whether it was a blog or a website or upcoming magazine that was black owned and, you know, black funded and all that. You may have artists that aren't as excited to do that interview or aren't as excited about that coverage, but let it be one of the other side that wants to cover you. You're begging for that coverage. You're pushing right. it. I got to get on this website. I got to get on that website. Well, let's think about like how much they really care about what it is that you're trying to put forward. And let's really think about if you hot today and then you're not hot tomorrow, are they going to really care? Are they going to cover the story the right way? Are they going to get into the into why you're making what you're making? Like I look at some of the things that get coverage on some of these sites, not just them, but like I look at some of the things that get coverage on these sites and some of the things that don't. And, you know, it, as a creative it's a creative force. It infuriates me. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yo, like, what? Like, this is what you'll spotlight? Like, the stuff they'll spotlight will be the stuff where you like, that totally shouldn't be getting a look because look at what it's doing. Look at what this person or these people are representing in their music and in their culture. And then six months later, something happens and it's like, see, that's why y'all shouldn't have covered it because right. you could tell these are those types of individuals. You could tell this is the message they're trying to put forward in their music or in their fashion or in their whatever, whatever, whatever. You know, in the beginning, it's you all over them. You know, you, th- these websites and whatever is all over them. And then when they go bad, they flip the script like they was never there. And all that, it just infuriates me, you know. So it wasn't really about chopping them down and throwing them the middle finger. It was just me saying, I don't do this for them. Like, I do this for me and I do this for us. I don't do this to try to get on those websites because it's going to make or break me and I'm going to die if I'm not covered by there. And, you know, at the end of the day, a lot of the people getting it, a lot of people covering up there, either they're not going to be in a space to get it or they're going to be in a space where they feel like, dag, this whole album's about gentrification. 
He's talking about me because I used to live in whatever state and now I live in Bed-Stuy and I go to the corner and get my bacon, egg and cheese and I'm, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And, and, and I'm a part of the problem. So, you know, I don't do this for them. I do this for us, for me, for people like you. You know, your 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 Twitter name is from old Harlem. Right. You know what I mean, so I do this for you. you know what I mean, like not doing it for them who who don't understand everything we just talked about five minutes ago. You know, like I do this for us. That's all it was. It wasn't me going on a a rant about them. You know what I mean? But you know, it it, it may get perceived that way, and that's fine. But it really was just setting the tone. Like whether they cover it or not, it makes me no difference. Whether they crown it this and that, it makes me no difference. It means more to me that you said what you said about the album. Right. Honestly. That's what's up. So, like, I would say, like, a running theme with all your projects, kind of like you've been saying, is that you're talking about, you know, your people, what goes on Mm -hmm. in the hood, you know, so on and so forth. Have you ever heard the critique that, you know, you kind of go over heads? All the time. Okay. That's that's the, that's the, that's kind of the story arc of my career in, in, in my music that, yo, you're always going over people. But the thing about it, not to cut you off, I don't know if that was the end of your question. but yeah, that was um, Okay. And the thing about it, though, it's become a part of my brand. Like right. now, I better go over people's heads when I rap or the people who's diehard Sky Zoo fans is going to tap out. You know what I mean? Like they're expecting me to go nuts. They're expecting me to rap the sun, moon, and stars. They're expecting it to be something that when they listen to it the 10th time, they finally got it. Like, oh, snap. He meant this, but then it said that, but then it meant this. So it had three meanings. Like, that's part of my brand now. You know what I mean? So, like, for better or worse, like, I'm in. And that's fine. Like, I, I did that. Nobody made me do that. I did that. And that just comes from the people I grew up listening to, you know? I grew up a block away from Biggie. I grew up listening to Nas. I grew up listening to Jay. I grew up on The Genius. I grew up, you know, like, that's, yeah, like, I'm going to rap like that. If you watch Kobe play 24-7, when you play ball, your fadeaway going to look similar to that. Your cross going to look similar to that. You're going to, you know, walk and walk down the court the same way. You know, like, that's just what it is. So if I'm listening to Liquid Swords every day in eighth grade and I'm listening to Reasonable Doubt and Illmatic and Ready to Die and, and that's the stuff that raised me, then I'm going to rhyme in that way. I'm, I'm going to be like, okay, when I rhyme, I got to go nuts. I got to go here with it, you know? So it's become part of my brand to go over people's heads. And and that's fine. You know, my music is for listeners who, my music is for everybody, but, you know, as far as the listener in the sense of taking the time to get it, you know, not the casual listener. My, you don't put my music on in the background when you vacuum in your house. No, nah, you don't. <laughs> like Because you're not going to get it. You're just going to hear some really dope beats and some dope flows and some dope pockets. But if you're taking a drive, yo, we got to take this two-hour drive, or I got to go to work and drive 30 minutes each way every day, my music is for that. So if you're on a train and you got a 45-minute train ride from Brooklyn to, you know, to Times Square, whatever it is, my music is for that, you know? I, I would definitely say it's more so... Uh, for the train because I'm I'm a new driver, um, mm-hmm. so I, I'll just throw on you know a classic or something like I'll throw mm-hmm. on a, a common album, the Roots album or something. But that's because I already you know because you already I, know it and you focusing on the road and all right. that. So I get it. Yeah, I've, li- I've lived with them albums for years. Like I I don't know if I could like try to hone in on what you're saying. You know, right? While yeah. you figuring out the GPS and all that. Yeah, yeah while I'm driving. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Yeah, you know, my my music is for you sit down and you really vibe. And, you know, it's like watching a movie as opposed to, you know, a sitcom in the background that, you know, if you catch a joke here and there, you chuckle. Nah, you sit down and watch that movie. You sit down and watch Snowfall. You don't miss a scene because if you do, that's going to lead into you missing this part and that part. You know, that's my music, you know. You don't make music for people with ADD. 
or anything. <laughs> nah, I guess not. I guess nah. not. You know, like, people really got to focus, you know. Yeah. And, and you know, as a listener, I feel like that's what it should be. Because when we was coming up, you know, when all the records I just named that I grew up on, you had to listen to those records. You had to listen to Liquid Swords. You had to listen to Illmatic. You, you had to listen. You know what I mean? Right. Like when, when Nas was saying everything he said and, you know, you talk about reasonable doubt, you talk about big, like you had to listen. You couldn't just casually throw that on, you know, you could from the records on the radio standpoint, you know, Big Papa and all that, but you had to really listen to what Big was talking about on Everyday Struggle, you know, right. seeing body after body in the Mayor Giuliani, ain't trying to see no black man turn to John Gotti, my daughter used a potty, so she's old and now, educated street knowledge, I'm molding that, like, you had to really listen to that to really get that and be in that world, it's like watching a movie, so I expect that from my listeners, because when I was listening those guys expected that from me and from you and from the world around, you know? So I expect that. Right. So like, I would say this applies to almost all your projects, but definitely with this project, uh, all the brilliant things, it seemed like I my job only played the album twice, but it, it felt like every line mattered. Like, Oh yeah. Like every, everything connected, like on every song, like you didn't, you know, you didn't, there was no like filler bars or you wasn't trying to like, you know, just uh just make something rhyme just for the sake of rhyming. Like it felt like every line had a point. Uh would you yeah. say that was the case? A hundred percent. You know, I don't believe in filler. You know, okay. I, I don't believe in filler I don't believe in filler lines. I don't believe in filler songs. Right. <laughs> I mean, like I don't believe in it, you know, because why should you? You know, if we're making art and we live in an era where art art lasts forever regardless. But you have records that may have come out in the 40s and 50s, jazz records or whatever, that may have come out on a small label, so you can't find it. They only printed up 100 copies, and you can't get it, and, you know, so it may not exist anymore type of thing. But we live in the era of the Internet. So if you put a song out or you put a piece of art out, or you, man, it's going to last forever. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody going to have it and rip it and put it on YouTube and then somebody else can put it on their YouTube. and It's going to last forever. So if we're putting out this art and we're contributing something to the world, even you as a writer, as a journalist, and you're writing stories, it's going to last forever. Right. Whatever we contribute to the world, it's going to last forever. You know, so for me, I don't believe in filler. You know, I believe in giving the people what they deserve, what they came for. If you came for a Sky Zoo album, you're going to get a Sky Zoo album and it's not going to be a drop of filler on there. You know, you you may get some of it now. You may get some of it in a week on your 10th listen. You may get some of it in a year on your 30th listen. Like, yo, oh, snap, that's what that meant. You know, and that's that's the beauty of it. That makes it worth the time that you put into it. I mean, a lot of artists nowadays in any genre of music, not just hip hop, you listen to an album once and you got it. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I heard this song. So album. yeah, it was dope. It was dope. But you didn't go listen to it again. You got it. Right. You all 14 songs. You understood everything that was going on. You got the message. You got the hooks. You got the beats. Yeah, no, it was dope. It was dope. But then those be the albums that some of these sites we talked about are making the, the top five album of the year. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm talking about. You know, so it can't be. You listen to an album once and you got it, but that's top five record of the year. No. Oh, that's because of who Duke signed to and because of who is behind them and who the management is. And if you don't do that, then, you know, you're not going to get the favor on the back end from this. And, th you know, you in the game, you know how it right. go. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the stuff I'm talking about. But for me, it's just. It's the stuff that makes it matter and makes it last. You know, you, you need to be able to listen to an album for years and still right. get enjoyment out of it and get things out of it. I listen to Marvin Gaye. I want you 
Like if I was there when it was made and I wasn't. That album's from the 70s. I was born right. in the 80s. I listened to it like I was there because it's that great. You still get stuff from it. I listen to Kinda Blue all the time. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? That album came out in the 50s, you know, right. 59 if I'm not mistaken. And I listened to it like it came out yesterday. That's when you got something special, when you can just keep listening to it and it keeps feeding you and it keeps giving you that feeling and giving you more. Right. Like they, there's so much music uh, that, that comes out in this era and I, I try to, you know, keep up with a fair amount of it, but I don't know if on average I play 10 rap albums more than once. Like from, from, from this year, like even if I like it, it might be right. like, all right, that, that was dope, but it's, it's kind of like on to, you know, what's next. So like yeah, I, would say, I would say any project that, you know, makes my top 10 for the year is definitely something that, you know, is worth playing over and over again. Yeah, because we we live in an era, first of all, like you said, where there's so much music. I always tell people, if you look at the Internet, like literally the the existence of the Internet, if it was a pie, like 90 percent of that pie would be music. <laughs> I mean, right. And like the other 10 percent would be everything else on the Internet. You know what I mean? Like that's how much music is being released from people you and I know as household names and from a guy who works at Target or a girl that works at the supermarket and they getting their dream off and they on SoundCloud and they trying to create, you know, there's so much music out here. How do you sift through it? And how do you get something that, excuse me, how do you get something that sticks? So for me, how do you wean through that? Like you got to make something that sticks. You got to make remarkable music. You got to make music that touch people, that means something that stick with people. And when I say touch people, it don't mean it got to be, emo and sensitive and not at all if it touched you it mean you relate you know what i mean you right. can listen to you know an mop album and relate to that you know that album touched me. timeless you know what i'm saying like yo i was going through this so i was i was in the middle of that or i was in this frame of mind and you know this, the summer was this this type of summer and that album was the soundtrack every day that album touched you you know right. what i mean so it don't mean it got to be emo and sensitive it just mean it got you got to relate to it and it got to stick to you and mean something you know so that that's a part of it and that's what makes it stand out from the trillions of other pieces of music that exist on the internet right now you know right so so i would say you've brought like a sense of uh sophistication uh to underground hip-hop i don't know if you you know classify yourself as underground or or what have you uh or or independent hip-hop uh Mm -hmm. you know with like your first i would say your first few projects um the salvation the um after dream deferred right huh live from the tape deck was right after that right after no, the but like a dream deferred those felt like hip-hop albums but right. like the past few um i would say maybe aside from the p joint but like when it's just like a straight up sky zoo album yeah and it's not like a p rock or a apollo brown oh, album yeah it feels like these are not just hip-hop albums these are like whole musical experiences like what made you want to you know get into that to that zone well, you, you kind of nailed it. Um, I've always been, you know, even if you listen to The Salvation, uh, there's live strings on there. There's a live violin on there and, right. and, and live keys and, and live saxophone and all those types of things. I've always been that guy. Um, I've always been into that. But then also when I do an album with a Pete, you know, with a Pete Rock, I know what you came for. You came oh. for that. You 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 see Sky Zoo and Pete Rock name on, on, on the joint and you're like, oh, man. I know what I'm going for. So if you get to it and you hear a bunch of violins and a bunch of this, and you're going to be like, yo, that's not what I came for. You know, if you go to a pizza shop, you go to a pizza spot, you came for pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like straight up, you know? So um, 
when it comes to records like that, records with Apollo Brown, I know what you came for, you know, so we're going to get in that mode of just straight up beats and rhymes. And I'm going to still get my stories and my entendres off, but production wise and sonically, we're going to get on some hip hop all the way through, you know, and when it's my stuff, it's going to be hip hop. But like you said, there's a sophistication and the musicality of it. A lot of it comes from me just being a jazz head. You know, everybody knows I'm a jazz head. I listen to more jazz than hip hop, honestly. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say that. And that's not a knock on hip hop at all. It's just, I'm older now. I'm 38, you know, like I, I love, love, love jazz. Um, a lot of that comes from me being a jazz head. And a lot of it comes from me being such a bad boy head. Um, Everybody know I love Bad Boy because I grew up up the block from Big and, you know, I did 9-5 Bad Boy logo. And, you know, everybody knows I, I love Bad Boy. And Bad Boy was the first label in hip hop that added a type of sophistication while still being hip hop and street and lyrical and just dope and on the corner. Right. Like, you you know, you when Puff went in 96, 90, like 97, it started with Life After Death. That was March 97. When Puff had strings on everything, like you right. listen to Somebody Gotta Die, you listen to, uh, um, you know, uh, What's Beef, you listen to all those records, and it was these string sections coming in. You listen to, uh, you know, you nobody, know, somebody kills you, whatever it is, downfall, and there was live orchestras and strings while Big was talking about, uh, that's Jason, ain't no way we gonna mistake him. Revenge is splitting at the tip of my lips, I can't wait to fill my clip in this hip, past the chocolate. Tie. And he's talking about all this street shit and murder, but you hear these orchestral strings. And that shit blew me away in ninth grade. Blew me away. And I was like, yo. And then he did it again on uh, on uh, No Way Out. Then he did it on the Locks album. He did it on the Mesa. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, you listen to I Love You, Baby, and, you know, Black, Black Rob is talking about throwing bottles, you know, ran out of ammo and started throwing bottles. And you hear a string section behind that. And that shit blew me away, man. And I always said when I made records... I wanted that element to be a part of my thing, you know, so you can be hip hop and make hip hop records, but we can also add all these other elements to t help tell the story and just continue to make it more musical. You listen to Quincy Jones and Miles Davis and all these different guys who made black music and continued to elevate it, which was beautiful. You know, it's why they are who they are. So when I make music, I don't think, yo, you know, my fan base is quote-unquote backpackers and underground heads and whatever so i can't do this nah man like i'm gonna do this and y'all gonna grow up with me or you're not but if you appreciate it you like yo skies who added strings to the back of that story or yo he added saxophone and trumpets you know trumpets is coming with every album i drop so yo right. you know he added trumpets all over this record and all over this 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 yeah i'm not gonna box myself just because y'all look at me in this yo he's an underground guy and he's a backpack rapper i'm really not it's just that I don't purposely go out there and make a bunch of radio records, but you listen to the shit I'm saying, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like if you really dig into the stories and the things I talk about, the street and the money and the girls and the jewelry and the ills and the pitfalls and the corner and it's like, oh, okay, word. But I just choose to do it over dirty drums and hip hop beats. And I love being quote unquote hip hop. Like I don't shy away from that, you know, right. at all. But like you said, there is a sort of sophistication that, I do by default. It's not something that I was like, well, I got to do this to separate myself. It's just I do it by default because that's that's the music I love. That's the way I grew up musically as a fan. And that's going to be represented in my music. Right. So speaking of uh, like new energy, uh, I was talking with my boy a couple weeks ago and he was like telling me how and we, we kind of agreed 
Uh, he was telling me like how he's sick of uh, Nautilus samples, uh, but you brought new energy to that uh, with I was supposed to be a trap rapper. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, tell me about that. About the record? Um, so yeah. when I did the joint, you know, which is one of my favorite records on the album. It's also a record I feel like is going to fly over people's heads really, really highly. But it, I, 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 I caught it like on the second listen. I was like, wow. Like, yeah, like I, I already I, knew you was dope, but I was like, yeah, this, this dude, yeah. Yeah, I, ho I hope people get it, man, because of the importance of everything I'm saying in the record. Uh, when you look at that sample, it's, I mean, it's been, like, like your man said, he's tired of so many people, you know, flipping it because it's been flipped a billion times. I mean, they just did a contest with flipping it. You know what I mean? It's been flipped right. a billion times. But for me, I chose that joint because it represented everything I'm talking about on the record. The people who've chopped that record have been underground, quote unquote, and backpack, and have also been mainstream and trappish. And that sample does so many different things, like all of the movement in it. It gives you the emotions of me saying, okay, I could have went this way. I wound up going this way. And here's all this confusion and juxtaposition in between. And let me explain to you why I am the way I am as an artist and musically and the things that I even talk about. You know, this middle ground that I've kind of been stuck in forever but when i say stuck i don't mean that in a bad way like i chose to be in this middle ground like so i chose to use that joint as the backdrop because it represented everything that i was trying to say on the record even before i stepped to the record because you know the history of that sample you know the types of records that have been made ghostface used it mary j used it like you know what i'm saying like all these different sides of of the spectrum use that joint you know for different purposes and that's what I was trying to convey lyrically with the record. So it made sense to use that. So like when I did that, I picked the joint. I hit J.R. Swift and was like, yo, flip this. You know what I mean? I, I was like, yo, flip this joint. Use this part and use that part and go crazy. And he flipped it and chopped it up and, you know, did the thing. And then at the end, where it turns and makes it, where it busts a left out of the blue, right. that was all on purpose, obviously, as well. Because it's like if you're a listener... And let's say if you're a Sky Zoo listener forever, you've been listening since 06, 07, right. and you're like, okay, oh, he's saying he was supposed to be a trap rapper? Oh, what? Okay. And then when you hear me at the end, it's like, yeah, I could have done that if I wanted to, and here's the proof, you know? So that was the reason behind where it flips at the end. Right. What I took from that was like, kind of like, just because, you know, I might go over your head doesn't mean like I don't relate to the struggles of a, you know, a five-year-old foreign or, you know, these people mm -hmm. from, you know, these younger people from, from my hood, like, right. Like I understand absolutely. their experience. Yeah, absolutely. Because, because, you know, the way I grew up and I was talking to somebody else about this recently with, with that song, the way I grew up, man, I, I grew up, you know, with guys who, you know, they're either in the joint right now or they're not here any longer, or they're some of the most moving, shaking, getting it outside dudes that you'll ever meet you know some of my best friends who i've known since we was you know on the playground together are some of the most notorious dudes running around the city you know what i mean right. so it's like we all grew up the same way i wound up going this way they wound up going that way but we still attached at the hip we still you know thick as thieves and, and whatever whatever we didn't grow up on the type of music that my fans would think i grew up on you know right. like i would come back to the block you know in college or whatever years talking about slum village and lb and they would be like who 
Like, what you talking about? You know what I mean? So I was putting them on. Like, nah, you got to listen to Dilla, though. And they was like, yo, who is Dilla? What are you talking about? Like, and then I would put them on and they would get into it. You know what I mean? So that's why I said, you know, the nerve of me trying to flood Fulton Street with Dilla beats. But bet I did all the above. There was soliloquy, made trappers go nuts to donuts. Like, I was rhyming over donuts beats and the trappers was like, yo, that shit is crazy. You just play. Yo, that shit is nuts. Yeah, that's that Dilla guy I was telling y'all about. Oh, word. Oh, wow. That shit is crazy. But they not. They ain't, you know, when you hear my music, you would think I grew up on that type of hip hop all the time. I grew up on Black Star. I grew up on The Locks. I grew up on, you know what I mean? I grew up on all these different things, but my friends didn't. They was on one side and I was kind of with both. And that's what I'm putting together in the record. Like, yo, I could have went this way, but it's funny how life works. And from a music standpoint and from the way we grew up and the choices that I made versus what my friends may have made and where we are. And that's, that's what that record is about. It's just the irony of it. Like I was supposed to be this type of guy, you know, cause one of my mans, one of my mans, every time we talk, he's, he's, you know, somebody who, you know, he, he, he lived, he lived a very for real life, you know, just got out the joint, whatever, whatever. And every time he talk about me, he'd be like, yo, my brother Sky Zoo, yo, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Yo, he the nicest, the nicest ever, blah, 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 whatever. He'd be like, yeah, you know, he'd be, he'd be on his backpack skateboard rap and he'd be killing that shit. And I'm like, I never made a skateboard rap in my life, bro. You know what I'm saying? But like, I get classified as that. And I think that's what made me write the record. Like one time we was on the phone and he was like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm working with these kids, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, da da da, some music shit. And he was like, I know you, I know you on a skateboard backpack Joey badass rap, you know, and you killing that shit. But if it's any advice you could give to my young guys on this side of the shit, talk to them because I'm trying to get them right. And in my life, I was like, I don't know if skateboarders listen to my music. Maybe they do. And and that's what kind of spawned the record when him and I was on the phone. And I was like, yeah, I got to write a record about that shit. And that's what, that's what made the record happen. Yeah, I think like a skateboarder would have to be like a real head to 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 listen to your stuff. Like I don't, right. yeah, I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't. You know what I mean? But but that's how he classified it. So right. that that was the purpose of the record. Like the irony of that. Like he was like, yeah, I know, I know you on your, you be on your backpack skateboard rap shit, your Joey badass shit, and you be killing that shit. But if you could give these kids on the other side some advice, I'd appreciate it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And I was like, bro, you know, I never made a skateboard record in my life, right? And he was laughing like, nah, nah, I'm just saying like you you be on your on your, your underground, you be on your, your other shit. You know what I mean? And he didn't even know how to classify it, you know, and, right. and that was the irony of the record. And he's one of my biggest fans. Know every record by heart. I've talked about him on certain records. You know, there's certain stories I talk about what my friends and I and he's in the stories, you know, like he's one of them guys in the story. And it was just funny. Like, you know, what I mean, and I was like, yo, to my fans, I was supposed to be that guy based on who I was around, how I grew up you know, who, who I was running with every day, what my neighborhood looked like. I was supposed to be this type of rapper. You know what I mean? Like straight up and down. Like I was supposed to be that guy, but I chose to be this other guy, you know? Right. So so I would say um, you've been like in a zone of uh, just classics, you know, the, the past, I don't know, maybe even most, most of the past decade. Um, so why would you say that you, why do you set the bar so high when it feels like, that might not even matter to a lot of your peers. Like maybe, maybe I'm not in tune anymore because I'm 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 older. I'm 41 now, but it mm. doesn't feel like hip hop is as competitive. Um, even right. even on the on the uh, independent side, May, maybe I'm coming from a, a frame of mind where you know 2020 just fucked the whole world up. Yeah, right. And we didn't get a lot due to the uh, pandemic. Right. But, like I'm not. I haven't really been hearing a whole lot of just 
people sounding like you know they're competing to be like the best or trying to make their best shit. Yeah, or trying to make their best shit. Absolutely. For me, um, when I create, I don't go into it thinking, well, you know, the game is a little weak right now. If I throw them a little something and don't go as hard, they won't mind. They won't care. Like, nah, I look at it like I got to put my best foot forward every day. I feel like if 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 we was on the court. Every game, I'm trying to go get you 30, 10, and 10. Every game. You know what I mean? Like, that's the goal. The goal is 30, 10, and 10 every night. You know? So, like, that's how I look at it. And regardless of what's going on and what the temperature is with other artists and and the industry and, you know, whatever, whatever, for me, it's like I'm competing with myself. I'm competing with making sure my next joint is better than my last or shoulder-to-shoulder with it. I'm competing with my fans who are looking at it like, all right, he can't do it again, can he? Like, right. the, the main thing I get is every time I drop, you know, I get the Snoop meme where they be like, yo, this motherfucker don't miss. In the heat of battle, he don't miss. You know what I mean? Like, I get that meme sent to me all the time where people are just like, yo, everybody misses once. This right. motherfucker never miss. He never right. miss. You know, so like for me, that's competition within myself. You know what I mean? That's like, oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm gonna keep this running. I'm gonna keep this up. Like, we're gonna win a ring, then we're gonna win another ring, and we're gonna win another ring. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna keep this up, even within myself, even for the competitive nature of myself. And like I said in the beginning, you know, with the internet, man, all this art, all this music, everything we put in the world, it lasts forever, man. I never wanna put a record out that I regret, like, ah, shit. Damn, I shouldn't have put that song out. Damn, I shouldn't have put that record out. That, that shit wasn't the one, man. That shit wasn't right. I never want to do that. You know, like I never want to look in the mirror and have to have that conversation with myself. And I want my fans to always be like, yo, if it's one thing we could believe in, it's Sky Zoo. If it's one thing we could believe in, all these other guys that we love, we love this guy who's a legend. We love that guy who's a legend. We love this guy who's been around for a little while. But they they let us down once or twice. They disappointed right. us. This guy never let us down. He never disappointed us. Yeah, you're going to have favorite albums. Of course, somebody may be like, Music for My Friends is my favorite. Uh, the Easy Truth is my favorite. Retropolitan, that's fine. You're going to have your favorites from different people, but you're never going to be able to say, yo, this album was whack. Or that I- you're never going to be able to say that. If you say that, you're lying to yourself, and, and good luck sleeping at night. You know what I mean? But right. I expect people to have their favorites. The-, the-, the biggest thing, too, I always tell people, they, they always say, um, you know, when you know you got to, I would say when you know you got a great album, if everybody's favorite song is one song, you got a great song. (laughs) But like if everybody's favorite song on that one album is a different song, yo, track 10. Nah, yo, track seven. Yo, track three. You got a great album. It's like going to a restaurant and everybody says, yo, you going to that spot? Yo, get the so-and-so. That's the best thing there. But if you go to a restaurant and people be like, yo, you can order anything on the menu. It's going to be great. You got a great restaurant, you know? Right, like when when you can't um, pick your favorite song on the album, it's a, it's yep. probably a classic. That's when you got it. That's when you got it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and and that's what I strive for when I make records. And you know, for me, every record is a story from A to Z. Every record, there's there's a reason why every song is where it is on the album. You know why it plays out the way it does. There's a reason for all of that. You know, they all hold hands together and. Whatever album, whether it's all the brilliant things, whether it's Retropolitan, the celebration of us, you know, the easy truth, whatever. Like there's there's a reason for all of them playing out the way they do. And you may get it now, you may get it later, but there's a reason why the story is being told. Like chapter five is chapter five for a reason. Cause if it wasn't, it could have been chapter three, it could have been chapter eight, you know what I mean? But everything sits where it's supposed to for a reason. 
Right. And, and going back to uh, what you just said about uh, you, you're basically saying how, you know, every almost all, all of our legends for the most part, except for, you know, let's say big because he unfortunately he right. He wasn't early. around long enough, which I don't think he would have let us down anyway, but right. he wasn't around long enough. Right. Right. But a lot a lot of legends, you know, mm-hmm. might have dropped the ball uh, once. Like, I don't know if I can name five to 10 hip hop legends who never dropped the ball. Right. Where you like, Oh, that album. What that album wasn't that good. You know what I mean? Like they right. all got a joint where you like, Oh yeah, that album wasn't really rocking. You know what I mean? But they may have done so much great shit in their career. Right. That they get the slide. Like, yo, it's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. This album wasn't that crazy, but yo, he did this, 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 this. So it's cool. I just don't listen to that one. You know what I mean? Like, right. Sure. Like, like Cuban links is perfect to me. Um, yeah. Me but things like immobility or like reasonable doubt is perfect to me. Blueprint is perfect to me, but I'm not mm-hmm. crazy about Magna Carta. Um, right. You know, stuff like you. that. Yeah. I feel you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, we, we all, you know, as, as, uh, as fans, we all have those things with, you know, like you said, with the artists that we grew up listening to, like for me, the greatest hip hop album of all time is Illmatic. You know, okay. it's, it, to me, I feel like it's, it's the perfect hip hop album and I feel like if you I always give the example of if you took people from another planet, if someone came in from another planet and never heard of hip hop and was like, what is what is hip hop? I keep pe- keep hearing people say those two words. You just play Illmatic and you say that's hip hop. You know, to me, it's the perfect hip hop album. It's the greatest hip hop album ever made, in my opinion. Um, no duds you know, to you. Huh? No duds to you. What that album? Like, yeah, no, no, like nothing you would skip. No, not at all. On Illmatic, nah. Not I don't, I don't I love, love one time for your mind. Huh? I don't love one time for your mind. A lot of people don't. Right. A lot of people don't because it's slower. And you know what? When I hear that record, though, not not to take the, the conversation off me, but when I when I hear that record, it literally feels like hanging out in the projects. Okay. And a lot of what that album was about. I mean, the album's about a kid from the projects and, and right. the world he saw out the window. And as a kid who lived in the projects, like, I felt that, you know? So when I hear that record... It sounds like a day in the projects. Then I send a shorty from my block to the store for Phillies. You know what I mean? He send the kid to the store to get the Phillies. He get a rubber. He got a girl coming over. All that just sounded like a day in the projects. And I yeah. think that's why it was important on that record too. And as somebody who lived on the 18th floor, I felt that. You know. So mm-hmm. yeah, nah, it, it's a perfect album for me. I think it's the greatest hip hop album ever. I mean, New York State of Mind is one of the greatest uh, just Not vocal now. performances, just just ever. Um, yeah. In, in, in you know the history of the genre but um all right so let's get into some uh some hip-hop talk now um yeah you say like you, you carry yourself very humble and modest uh in interviews or um social media so on and so forth like you're very gracious for all the all the love and everything but you yeah. say on record a lot um you know how how dope you are of course you're supposed to feel like you know you're dope but like if you could remove all bias as a music just as a music fan where do you rank yourself all time and why i mean i'm definitely at the top okay definitely at the top i think there's so much stuff people don't get man like sometimes i I think back on certain lines that i've said and i'll be like god damn that was nuts and people just people didn't catch that even when they caught it they didn't catch it you know, and, and I said that on Free Jury. You know, I forgot the way I phrased it, but I said that on Free Jury, like where I talked about even though even when you caught it, you didn't catch it. And that's fine. That's okay, because you'll get it later. I said something like that in, in the first half of Free Jury. Um, you know, and that that's why. 
you know, there's so much there to unpack. And one day people will. Maybe it's when I'm gone and my son is like 50 years old and I don't know, they're doing some special on me or some shit or whatever. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, um, one day people will, like Common said, one day it all makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, but but it's fine. You know, I don't dumb it down because of that, you know. But back to what you was asking, I'm definitely up there, man, if, if we keeping it a buck. You know, the thing about it, people say certain things based on other people saying certain things. Right. So tomorrow, if everybody, you know, tomorrow, if I got signed to fucking Rock Nation or some shit or whatever, then it would be, oh, my God, Skyzoo is the greatest thing in the world. Did you hear this and hear that? Yeah, because it took somebody else saying it. It's like, who going to put their foot in the pool first and be like, oh, the water's not that, that cold. Jump in. Everything is live. Nobody want to be the first one to put their foot in the pool. You know what I mean? Like, and see how cold the water is. So. It's all good, but if we we keeping it a buck, if we keeping it a bean, I'm I'm definitely up there, man, without a doubt. Because I feel like catalog wise, like we just said, you know, you right. just talked about how yo, there's really nothing in your catalog where it's like, yeah, nah, there's none of that. Like those moments don't really exist. Of course, you're gonna feel like certain albums are better than others. It's how it should be. You know, Steph Curry this season may be better than last season, but I don't mean last season wasn't amazing. You know, I'm just using that as an example. So. You know, um, I, I'm definitely up there, man. But it's it's all because of the people I, I was raised on. You know, all the guys I always name. I name the same like five or six guys all the time. You know what I mean? Like Big J, Nas, the Genius, Ray, um, Black Thought, Black Star. You know, Most Def is one of my favorite rappers of all time. Quali, of course. You know, Out of This World. You know, those are the guys I was raised on. You know, but it's such a mix. You take Jay in '96, '97, who was all about you know, money and bitches and hustling and getting it. And I don't care about this. And I don't love a hoe. Then you take black star who was making brown skin lady. I was listening to both of those and right. I understood both of those. Right. And that's what made me the way I am. Like I said, on trap rapper, you know what I mean? Like that's what made me the way I am because I understood both worlds. And I kind of agreed with both worlds a little bit, not to say I thought women was hoes. I don't want that going viral. Cause that's not what I'm trying right. to say, but you know what I mean? I understand why guys in the neighborhood feel like this towards girls and then I understand why guys at the bookstore feel like that towards girls, because I, I lived in both worlds. So I understand the duality of it all. And, and that shaped me to be who I am. Right. Like a lot of people, I, I, I would say even you got to be like a hardcore fan, but I would say even maybe 60 percent of Jay-Z fans don't know how good he was yeah or is or is yeah. at rapping you know yeah. they're just blinded by the success or you know yeah. the the business moves or like like in the late 90s uh you know my homeboys in college would be like oh oh shit J jay is a man he's talking about you know iceberg so on and so forth but i'm like yo are you listening to to the lyrics right like all the all the clothes and all that stuff it's cool but like yo he's really you know up there yeah, no no 100 percent um i think you know uh, it's uh, it's it's weird because it's a lot of excuse me it's a lot of the things you were saying about me and that's not to try to start that comparison and all that but a lot of the things you were saying about me i feel like are things that he went through early on in his career and and i think you know i look at it like jay in the sense of jordan and you know everybody knows how he feels about jordan and we look at him in that light and all that type of stuff we live in a generation now where these kids didn't these kids weren't around or they were too young to see when Jay was the biggest rapper in the world. Now he's just like the biggest 
celebrity in the world. You know what I mean? Because right. he's done so many things outside of music. They weren't here to see Mike. It's like if you weren't there to see Mike play. Right. But if you're from this generation, you're 20 years old, and somebody asks you who Michael Jordan is, you say, oh, Michael Jordan's the greatest of all time. But you weren't here to see it. Well, right. because you were told that you're supposed to believe Mike is the greatest of all time, which is great because it's true, but you weren't there to see it. It's the same thing with Jay, where it's like these young kids will look at Jay like they know, they know, oh yeah, no, Jay's the GOAT, Jay's the GOAT, Hove, 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 Hove's the GOAT, Hove's the GOAT, no doubt. But they weren't there to really see Jay become that. They weren't there to right. see Jay play. They weren't there to see him get busy. So it goes back to what you said. Like, they're like, oh yeah, no, nah, no, nah, I like Jay, I love Jay, whatever. But are you do you really understand why Son is so dope? Like on the new DMX album, he lost his mind on that verse. Like he went bananas. And okay. I was I was seeing comments from people online and they was like clapping him, like, yo, that verse was whack and da da da. And I'm like, yo, do you see what he did on that verse? Like he went bananas on that verse from a and this for me, like as an MC and as a writer, I'm all about like the cult what I call the culture of lyricism and like the craft of it and the technicality of it, right? So it's kind of like playing ball where it's like your form on a jumper, like how you arc you know, how, how you arch your arms and, you know, the arch of your shot and, you know, how wide you spread your fingers. I look at lyricism like that, like right. how he did this and how he did that. Like, I really study and break down lyricism. And when you listen to what he did on that, from the lyrics to the flow to where he would come in on one part and go all the way around the block and come right back, right at the tail end of it and the pocket and what he was saying... He lost it on that. That's one of the dopest verses I heard from him in a minute. Like, he lost it on that. I know it's an older record because Swish used to tease that record all the time for years, like in his little battles or whatever. So that's an older record. But um, he lost it on that record. So when I was seeing people clapping for it, like, yo, that record's wild. Like, you wildin'. Like, he lost it on that verse, man. Like, he really, really salute that. Like, I give it up when it's due. No matter who it is, I give it up when it's due. Like, he he clapped that record out. Right. So, um like going going back to what we were just discussing i had or kind of what i was saying at the beginning of the interview i like i had a maybe 2019 2020 uh, i created a top 50 uh list just for my personal uh whatever mm -hmm. um you were number 26 um all the brilliant things pushed you up to number 16 okay yeah, that's, that's a cool. lot of people like in the history of you know that's dope history, in his history rapper for you to be number 16 now that's a lot of people um but i'm, I'm gonna run through you know my, my top 15 i guess you know who i will no nah, don't do that don't do that because then if you tell me 15 guys and i'm like i'm better than all of them then i'm gonna feel away don't do that we good we good i appreciate cracking the 20 because i'm a competitive dude you know what I mean? so i'm gonna these be are like, legends though huh these are legends though Nah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Nah, nah, don't. Yeah, because because I'm going to be like, what? You got so-and-so above me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, but I say all that to say okay. I appreciate you uh, you putting me in that. You know what I mean? Uh, I just know me as a competitive guy. Now, when I listen to so-and-so all the time, I'm going to be like, yo, man, he thought so-and-so was better than me. You know what I mean? Like, when it when it comes to this, I'm, right. I'm super competitive. I would have told you don't even tell me where you rank me, but oh. I appreciate that. You know what I mean? Okay. But, nah, we good. You my man, so we good. But, um... Cracking the top twenty, no, that's that's love. And if you're talking about of all time, like every rapper that every ever right, yeah. existed, I mean that's kind of like cracking top twenty all time scoring list. I right. compare a lot of shit to basketball and food, like that. Like I use those shits as a lot of metaphors. So like that's like cracking. It's like when my man Melo cracked, you know, top ten or whatever, and you know, in all time scoring. Like yeah, it's real. You know, what I mean, I appreciate that. Yeah, okay. I, I appreciate that. That's real. 
No doubt. So don't take uh, me saying that as like it don't mean nothing. It means everything to me. That's why I'm like, nah, don't even tell me your list. You know what I mean? Because okay. I'm gonna be like, yo, you got so and so up there. Like, you know what I mean? So yeah, nah, don't don't even tell. But again, I appreciate that. That that means a lot to me. Cause like you said, it's everybody who ever put a pen to a pad. You know what I mean? So thousands of people, maybe ten thousands of people at this point. Yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, no, nah, and I appreciate that. That's that's real shit. That's that's real life. I appreciate that. And you know what I appreciate about you, man, while you giving up to me, I'm I'm gonna give it up to you for a second. You wow. really get it. Like you really I could tell from the last conversation we had, you know, when it was me, you and Vaughn. You know, right. you really get it. You really tap in, you really take the time to break shit down. That's all I ask of people. You know, right. if somebody listen to my shit and they don't like it, but they t- really tapped in and they broke everything down, at that point, I'm like, all right, cool. You know, it is what it is. But if you don't like me and you didn't really tap in, you didn't break shit down, you didn't get it, you know, you listened to it and you glanced and, you know, you thought it meant this. But then it's like, I can't respect what you're saying. But like you, you really take the time to tap in and you get it. So I I appreciate you wholeheartedly, man, because like we said, it's a lot of music out here. So the fact that you take that time and you really understand it, that that means a lot. I I try to, man. We we were raised in a time where you had to like sit with an album. You know, man, heads dropped every two years. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like when you know, you got a Nas album every two years, straight up and down. Like he was the king of I ain't doing nothing for two more years. You know what I mean? Like you, you know, big was three out of three years between his his first two albums, you know. Right. Like Jay changed that landscape where he was dropping every year, you know, every right. year, every year, every year. And he admitted that, like he treated it like a drug game where he just kept flooding the block, you know, but it was we grew up with all right, you got a, a woo album. We waited like Four years for the next Wu joint? Yeah. Right. We waited like four years for the next Wu joint. You know what I mean? So you really got to sit there and love the album, you know? So that's real. Uh, like, I was a big Native Tongues kid. So, mm-hmm. like, you had me to too. sit with them Daylight albums and Tribe albums. Yeah. And like, nah, me too. You know. Definitely. So, definitely. Nah, the Midnight Riders is everything for me. Right. That That's my number one album of all time. But, like, that that's how I just approach, you know, music just period like i want albums that make me feel like how shit used to feel yeah yeah you got to be able to sit and really enjoy it you know like we said these people making music where you listen to it once and you got it right you understand it you got it if you continue to listen to it it's because the world told you you should continue to listen to it the world being social media or you know whatever that like Oh, oh, you ain't listening to that so-and-so? Word? No. Now you got to put that so-and-so on. Ah, right, yeah, let me put it on. Let me put it on. And now you done listen to it 10, 20 times when you really didn't want to listen to it 10, 20 times. You know, right. like that's that's the era we live in. That's the era these kids is in. Right. So, like, final question or two more questions. Like, how do we handle, like, I guess as uh, black men, how do we handle gentrification and things like how the media treats our culture? We got to take it back, especially the culture. You know, the gentrification angle is extremely hard because it's about money. You right. know, it's about, you know, if I had three mil right now to buy a brownstone on my block, I would. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, it's about money. So the gentrification angle is a little harder because it's about, you know, the, the financial side. But the cultural appropriation side, we just got to take it back, man. Like, we got to stop letting people who aren't our world tell us what makes sense and what works in our world you know for example i would never go up to a 70 year old italian grandmom and tell her how to make pasta sauce and fettuccine and chicken parm i would never i don't have that right that's her culture 
Those are her hands that made that food. How would I ever know that better than her? My job is to either enjoy it or not. But it ain't my job to dictate how great she is. At that, that's her. That's her culture. That's all she knows. You know what I mean? Like, right. there's no way in the world I would know that better than her. So it's the same thing. Like, don't come in this thing telling us what's cool and what's ill and what's real hip hop and what's not and what's shaping the culture and what. Yo, you're not the culture. Like, come in, enjoy it. You can right. even work within it. That's fine. Make music, make art, make this, make that, whatever. You can come in and enjoy it, but don't tell us as black creatives what's black or not, or how we're representing blackness, or how we're representing our neighborhoods, or how we're representing the forefathers before us as far as music or fashion or art or whatever it may be. Don't dare come tell us if we make a movie about our neighborhood, don't dare come tell us we didn't represent our neighborhood right. You ain't from our neighborhood. You know what I mean? So I'm just using that as an example. And that's the cultural appropriation part. Like that's that's the stuff that burns me with that. And that don't cost nothing to take back. Just take right. the shit back. You know what I mean? Like that's why I do every interview with everybody, man. Like people will tell you, I don't turn down interviews. It could be with I've I've done interviews with heads. They'd be like, yo, I want to interview you, man. But I don't ask, yo, how long you been interviewing? What's your followers? Da, 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 da. I do interviews with heads, man. They they page may have 200 followers. Right. And I'll do it because, one, they took the time out to want to interview me. That means they're a fan. That means they listen. That means they take the time to sit there and dissect the music and they're interested in what I got to say. I got to applaud that and I got to salute that and I got to show that reciprocity on that. So. I do interviews with everybody. Only time I, I may turn down an interview is if it don't work schedule wise. Like I, everybody. So if it's a young up and coming black creative, I'm trying to start a website. I'm trying to do, yeah, let's do it. You know what I mean? And it ain't just about being black, but you know, like let's do it. Like let, let's do it. So it costs nothing for us to take this shit back as far as the cultural aspect. We just got to create, we got to dictate what's what on our terms. And we got to support one another. Like I said in the beginning, you got a lot of up and coming artists or a lot of artists that's already the biggest thing in the world. And like they look like you and I. And if somebody like you and I is coming up with a new thing and want to interview them or want to cover them, or they won't do it. But let one of them other guys who don't look like us say, yo, yo, I'm, I'm trying to cover you for that. Oh, they'll jump over, you know, coals of fire for that. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got to do a song. I got to do an interview with so-and-so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got to do the so-and-so festival. But if a young up and coming girl who just graduated Spelman is trying to put together a festival, it'll be, nah, you got time for that. I've, we got to stop doing that shit. I've, I've dealt mm -hmm. with that a lot. Like people that I'm just like a genuine fan of uh, won't, won't hit me back. And mm -hmm. mind you, they don't have the most exposure in the world. Right. You know, so on and so forth. But like, let's say, uh, let's say it's indie artist or like a producer or like a singer or something. Like, if mm -hmm. Selection reach out to them, you know, yeah, nothing against Selection, but like, right, it's it's like I kind of reached out to you years ago, right? You know, so on right. yeah, so that, that, that's my point. Like the gentrification side, like it it costs money to get that back. The cultural appropriation side, that shit is free ninety nine. Like it costs nothing to take this shit back. We just got to take it, man. We got to stop letting and that, that's everybody from the creatives to the fans. The fans too. We got to stop letting these other people tell us what works in our world and what makes sense in our world and dictating who we are and what we are because that's how all of this started four or five hundred years ago that's how all this shit started man like that's a part of it you know like we got to stop looking for validation from other types and other people and that's no knock against anybody man i love all people of this world some of my best friends in the world don't look like me you know and i love that that's fine 
but they also understand, yo, I can't tell Sky how to make a record about black culture. I ain't black. Like I can just sit there, listen to it, understand it. And if you don't like the record, you don't like the record. That's fine. But it's like the grandma I said, if, if, if she make a meal and I don't really like how she sees in that chicken palm, I'm like, okay, cool. I get that. But I can't go in there bashing her and telling her this ain't real Italian food. Nah, man. Like right. it just ain't work for my palate, but I have no right to go in there and tell her that she is an Italian grandma who's been cooking for 50 years. Like what right do I have? You know? So, but, but we do that in our culture. We let that shit happen all the time. We let them come in and tell us what's the new fly shit to wear and how we should rock this and how we should rock that. It'll be an ad for, you know, it, it'll be a rollout campaign for a clothing line that is 1000% bread based everything in hip hop. And it won't be one model who look like you and I. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's the shit I'm talking about. Like we, it's free to take this shit back. We just got to have the balls to take it. All right. So final question, where do you see yourself uh, headed next creatively? I don't know. Um, I got some ideas as far as potentially, you know, new music, but, Nothing I'm really working on yet because, you know, this isn't even out yet. So um, I don't know. I, I've been really looking into like the landscape of writing in other in other realms of like, you know, script writing and screenplays and, you know, things of that nature. I've got a million TV and movie ideas that I'm trying to finish and, and get off the ground. So um, I'm looking at that stuff and really want to sit back and just enjoy when this album drops. You know, I haven't really put too much thought and effort into uh the next joint so i don't know you know i know i got all these movie and tv ideas i'm trying to get off for sure uh they're just like sitting on me like i'm, I'm every day i'm just thinking about all these different scripts that i've been writing and trying to finish them and find the time to finish them and all that and you know but musically uh i, I want to i'm just excited for people to hear this and i want to see how much goes over people's heads you know i hope i hope they get everything man i really do because like you said it, it's a very important record right and I don't think anyone tackled this like that. Like, I see a lot of people talk about, whether it's fans or whatever, I see a lot of people already this year talking about album of the year this, album of the year that, for all these other guys. And that's cool, you know, whatever. People listen to a record once and call it the album of the year, and that's right. whatever. But, you know, um, but, you know I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of the stuff that's being talked about in that light, and I'm like, they're not, they're not contributing anything different. They're not doing anything that's going to really stand the test of time. You're just excited. Right. You know, you're just excited. You're excited that this person may not have dropped in a while or you're excited that this person dropped and dropped and dropped and dropped again and they just keep hitting you or whatever it is. I'm 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 really not talking about anybody specifically. This right. is a very wide open thing. This is no hidden in your window. It's a hip hop audience. That's just how. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you listen live to for Thursday nights, Thursday night moments. They'll be excited for about an hour. They might right. talk, they might talk about it Friday night. I mean, excuse me, Friday morning. By Monday, most of these projects saying they're over with. Yeah, but they're calling it the album of the year, right? If they they haven't listened to it since Friday, right. but Monday, if their friends talk about it, they go, "Oh, that's the album of the year." That's the well, album not even year. over the weekend they played it, right? But you haven't listened to it since Friday, right? But yeah, but that's the album of the year. That's the album of the year because so and so was larger than life, and he did, or so and so did this, or so and so was cool with so and so because so you supposed to love it. I'm I'm over that, you know. So going back to the record, I just feel like. This really will be up there with one of them album of the year things. If you really sit and talk about, damn, look at what he talked about. Look at what he was saying. Look at how he said it. Look at how he broke it down. Look at all the meaning behind it. Look at the layers to it. Look at the lyricism and just where it went. 
Look at the production. This will be up there with that. But will will the publications and the sites and the whatever have the heart to stand up, even though someone so arm in around my shoulder? I don't know, you know. And and that's that's the shit I'm talking about. But it's cool, you know, because the the ones who really know people like you and you know diehard fans and people who really tapped in will be like, nah, nah, Sky had it. Sky had one of the best of the year, or Sky had the best of the year, or you know whatever it is. Like they'll. They'll stand up for it, you know. That's just the other side of the game that I talk about that's really trash. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, I've come to expect it, you know what I mean? And, and until I decide to let somebody put their arm around my shoulder and say, yo, this my man, yo, I'm I'm, I'm telling you that, you know, his shit is good. Then it'll be like, oh, my God, this shit's amazing. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Like, you deal with that shit. But it's cool. It's all right, you know.